0: Welcome to the Ticket Source Podcast, the podcast brought to you by Ticket Source, the free online event ticketing system. At Ticket Source, we provide the easy to use system to sell your event tickets online and in house without the fuss or stress. Whether you offer allocated seating or general admission tickets, our system gives you the complete control of all aspects of your event listings online 24 7. You can try our system for free today at ticketsource.co.uk. The aim of the podcast today is to offer up some insight, information, and inspiration regarding the running and organization of community events. We achieve this by talking to influential individuals from the event industry across the country. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases, then be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take any value from this podcast, please be sure to give us the thumbs up or leave us a review. I'm Terry Rosamond, and today we're joined by Derek Holmes from the Oxford Literary Festival. I hope you enjoy. Okay, we're off. So Derek, thank you for joining us on the first ever Ticket Source podcast. No pressure at all now. Um, But to start, could you explain who you are, where you're from and what you and your event do? Okay, yeah, I'm I'm, um, Derek Holmes and I'm basically a um, self-employed writer-editor, but um, uh, I'm based in Oxfordshire and um, one of my biggest clients is Oxford Literary Festival, which probably takes up half my year in terms of work um, Oxford literary festival is a big annual festival um, runs usually over 10 days the end of March beginning of April and essentially it's um it's 300 events over ten days where we get some of the you know leading writers authors historians scientists fiction writers politicians a huge range of sort of um, you know, thinkers and writers together. And, and, and we, put, we put them in rooms, basically, and, and, and put on a big festival every year. Uh, my, my main role in supporting the festival is to um, I get involved at a very early stage in terms of um, ensuring all the event 300 events, we need content for every single event. So I'm putting the content together, getting it on the website, um, ensuring it's properly promoted. And also, one of my big roles is to be the festival's box office manager. So my job is to make sure all the events get into the uh, Ticket Source box office. And I liaise with Ticket Source and with our customers um, over any box office issues and ticketing issues. It sounds like a huge event. How many tickets or attendees do you expect over the full? Um, is it a week that it runs? It's well, it runs over two weekends, so essentially it's ten days. This year's, which we've just completed, was uh, eleven days. But yeah, I mean, this year we we had more than four thousand people booked, so that probably represents ten, you know, ten thousand plus people coming to the festival. Because most people are booking for two or three people. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of our events are quite small. There might be only a hundred people in a room, but there's a Three hundred of them, so it's a lot of people gathering. And we also have some very big venues. We, our, our biggest venue is um, the Sheldonian Theatre, which is the University of Oxford's. Um, it's where the University of Oxford runs its effectively runs its parliament, its congregation, and that seats seven hundred. So we, we this year we had um, uh, Zadie Smith, the um, um, the author, the the fiction writer in in the Sheldonian and um, filled the shell down with 700 people who got to see a, a writer who re- that rarely appears in public. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it sounds like uh, the planning of this event has to be on point, it, almost like a logistical nightmare. So you've got so many people over, spread across so many different events and so many venues. Yeah. Um, I guess planning is very important to it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, really. We've just finished a festival, and the festival director now will be starting to plan next year's events. So she will be liaising with um, publishers over what books are coming out in in the um, next 12 months, who's likely to be available for appearances at the festival. And as as we do, as she does that, uh, she'll start to put together um, a programme, and then we have a, um, a festival manager who basically whose job basically is to, you know, take, take this program, all these different speakers who are coming, work out what days they can come, what rooms they should be in, um, and, and, and put that whole planning together so we can actually build the program. I don't really come in until six months later where, where that's all being done. And, and my job then is just to, is really to, to um, uh, build, build the festival content and get it on the website and that is a job and a half just in itself without all the other work that's going on in in the background to allow me to do that so yeah i mean really we 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 probably spend nine months of the year putting the program together and then the other three months trying to promote it and a little three month off or not, or not it's fine, <laughs> well, it's well for practice, me but... for me yeah i probably i i'll probably come in and start work on the festival there early early autumn, late summer, so September mm. time. But a lot of work has obviously already gone in uh, before then to, to, to work out who's, who the speakers are and what we're going to talk about and that sort of thing. Mm. Do you know the history of the event? How long has it been running for, do you know? Uh, I, I do actually, this year was our 25th um, anniversary festival. The festival um, was started, um, oh, um, well, a little over 25 years ago, because we obviously had a hiatus from the pandemic and it started by um uh, uh two ladies called sally dunsmore uh, and angie pricer jones and they started a very small festival um, back in the early days um and angie's left now and sally's still there as the director so she's been a constant fixture through the you know the 25 festivals and it's it's grown organically over the years but probably It probably sort of, over the first sort of 10 years, it probably grew and grew and grew, and now it's fairly fixed in its size in terms of, you know, around 250, 300 events. But it has, it's it's sort of shifted its location slightly within Oxford, but it's always really been, um, the event has always been held in, university college buildings and that sort of thing that's that's one of the sort of key characteristics of it is it's always been held in the heart of oxford and it's allowed people to go and see events in historic university buildings and that sort of thing so we have a very close relationship with the university and and colleges and things which allows us to um hold our events in these really fantastic buildings basically Mm. well a lot of history in oxfordshire and how, how do you how do you come up with the itinerary each year? Then uh, is it something where you you have a target market that you want to hit, and you think of right who who would appeal to that market, or are you looking at the authors first and then targeting the market after? Yeah, then? I mean uh, the, the program really is 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 put together. That, I mean the directors talking to publishers really, I and mean, you you know I mean, the, the sorts the sorts of people that. Are that are available to speak at the festival are people basically who've got books out i mean that's 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 essentially what the literary festival is doing it's 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 it's, it's giving a platform to um people who write books and have books available currently you you know if you if you if you if you um, um put a speaker on who wrote a book 20 years ago and hasn't written anything since Nobody would come basically. So you're looking for, you're basically looking for books um, that are current, but also you're also looking, at, looking for things that resonate in the current climate. I mean, for example, this year we had we had an event with a, a writer from um, the FT called Gideon Rackman, and his book was about strong men. And it absolutely resonates at the moment because he's talking about the likes of you know trump and putin and orban in hungary and that event sold out really quickly because you know you 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 hit a nerve there and that's the thing about books isn't it really because a lot of the time people are writing about things that are they are contemporary they're things that uh, people care about and those, those are the sorts of events that we're that we're looking for because they they bring people in they you know people Oxfordshire is um, um, it has a, obviously because of the sort of county it is we've got a big science industry big sort of high tech science industry here we've got universities and everything so there's a, a sort of a, a very well educated audience that has a big appetite for anything. That they can discuss and debate or learn something new from. So so yeah, so we get we get leading scientists, we get leading historians, we get current affairs specialists, journalists, fiction writers, all sorts of people. And when you try, I mean, we're obviously trying to match it up with the, with the offshore audience, which is a generally a very highly educated um, I mean, people often say if you put if if you put on an event in Oxford and you're talking about something. You can guarantee that somebody in the audience will know more about it than you do, so you have to be very careful what you say because it's it's that sort of audience so we' we're look we we're also realistic about what our audience is because our audience is actually fairly old as well it's not it's not sort of um young people, and that's 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 quite a challenge to actually get younger people yeah audience. When I, when I say young people, I mean sort of like people in their twenties and thirties. We we put on children's events, which brings children in, but targeting that sort of um, uh, that demographic pre-family is quite difficult. Yeah, and I, how does that influence your marketing strategy then? If if, if you're the head of marketing strategy as well, um, how what ads are you looking to run? Is it more print based, or are you Dabbling with digital ads or influencers, how how does it fall? Well, uh, I mean, essentially, um, I, I wouldn't say we do this brilliantly well, but but what we what what we tend what we do well is is we we reach our core market, and basically by by that I mean we 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 have um, a database of people who've been to the festival over the years and we 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 market to them via email and that's that is you know pretty much our number one way of getting the message out about the festival number two way which is really not far behind and possibly is actually better is actually a print um um sort of a a what well, we call it our pocket guide it's basically because we've got 300 events a lot of events but we 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 managed to get it all down into a pocket guide which is um, um what size you'd say. I'm trying to remember what my size is here, but it's it's basically um I'm looking around so see if I can pick one up, but I have actually got one here. It's basically about half of that. You know, it's it's like that. So it's it's so it's about that size. And um, oh, right. I think that's called A five. A five, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. And um we get all of the events in there and we literally send that out to everybody on our postal database. Um and that does extremely well and is extremely well received. And certainly, we see a sustained uptick in our sales when we get that out. Yeah. Outside that, it becomes more difficult, I think, to actually um, reach people. We do a bit of social media, but to be honest, we're we're a tiny charity. We've got there's no employees, there's no office or anything like that. It's it's basically. You know, we have a, there's a festival board of trustees and, and, you know, three or four, four or five self-employed people who, who do all the work. And we haven't got a sort of a great resource to, to sort of do much outside that. Social media, we do a bit of sponsored Facebook advertising. We do Facebook and Twitter. It's very difficult to know how many tickets we sell as a result of that. You know, we don't. We don't really know. And my feeling is that, that because we're not able to put a lot of effort in, we don't get that much out. And to actually get something out, we probably have to put up a huge amount of effort into that social media. Mm. Um, so that's something we will probably will be talking about in the future. Otherwise, I mean, we, we, have, we have someone who does um, uh, local press. We've done some digital advertising this year. I'm not sure how, quite sure how that worked out. But in a nutshell, we do tend to rely on um, reaching our core customers, the people who come year after year. And, and you know, our, our greatest resource is our email database and our postal database, really. Yeah. Well, there's an age-old saying, isn't it? I, uh, marketers say, I know half of my marketing works. I just don't know which half. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. Well, the thing is, we do know that, that our yes. email marketing and our, um, our, our postal pocket yeah. guide work absolutely brilliantly. We're mm. just not sure what works outside that and how much resource you should put into it and when are you gonna get any return for what you put into it and that sort of thing. That's 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 the real challenge. And um, what what email host are you using? How how you which which platform are you using to send out your emails? MailChimp, yeah. MailChimp. And how do you find that? Uh, yeah, i I mean I've been using it I've been working for the festival for ten, ten, eleven years now, and I I find it, you know, really simple and easy to use. It integrates with um ticket source as well, so um you know we we'll keep our databases neat and tidy mm. um i mean we I mean, we tidied up our databases a few years ago when when g d p r came in and you know we, our database was always good, but now uh, i mean it's it's smaller than it used to be, but we have really high quality database in there you know the it's it's a database of people who want to know about the festival and you know, we, we routinely get 50% plus open rates from our emails. So that's pretty good, really. And how often are you scheduling the emails? When would you send out the first one? And how often is it? <laughs> yeah, is I'm, a, I don't, I'm, I'm really digging in. I really want to get into the Well, one. I mean, it is interesting because I, I, I you know, the, the, the festival director would, would, would want an email all the time, you know, send one out, send one out, send one out. But actually, um, less is more sometimes I think with these things we send one out on the day we launch the festival um, and then we'll probably do another one two to three weeks later Um, and then in the runts of festival we might do four or five more I, I find that the first two we do have you know they have a really good impact after that if we've got something to say something new to say a new speaker to announce they have a good impact if we don't have anything to say they just fall on deaf ears i think and um with all these things i, I think when you've got a really good database of customers you you overuse it at your peril i think because you know if, if if people keep getting messages that mean nothing for them they stop opening them um worst case they'll jump off your database and you won't have them anymore We we don't really suffer that but my fear is always, if we haven't got anything to say, why say something and just annoy people? So that's that's my mantra. If we've got something to say, we say it, and you know we get it out to as many people as possible. And I will, in our with our early ones, I will. One of the features in Mailchimp is the ability to resend to people who don't open, and I will do that with our early ones uh, a day or so later. I'll resend to what, people who don't open them, and and we get. A little bit more impact from that, but later ones I won't do that because I can see, you know, people are opening but they're not reacting to it. So, you know, I calm it down a little bit. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think you have a duty of care to your database for not to not ban them. I think, and as you say, that's when you're going to start open rates go down, and you're going to start seeing unsubscribes. So, yes, if you've got something to say, say it. Otherwise, yeah, our, our database is absolutely is. is a pot of gold for us it really is and and you know we 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 have to you know care for it as you say we have to look after it uh, this pocket guide i'm interested as well how many of those would you roughly send And are you able to give me an indication on price that it would cost an well, event organizer to do something like that i don't i don't know what the price is um but i mean we basically we can I think we've got a postal database of about 14,000. So we can send it out to all 14,000 or if, you know, it depends on budget a lot of the time, or you can just sort of, you know, we we know that 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 um, our customers are concentrated in Oxfordshire and then to a lesser extent, extent in the counties around it. So we, we can prioritise it in terms of postcode. So we can say, well, actually, let's just send it out to you know the oxygen postcodes and the postcodes we've got in the surrounding counties or we can say we'll just send it out to everybody on our database so we do we do um um you know alter that according to our budget but at, but at the end of the day i mean it's, it's how much money you've got because i think i think that pocket guide if we could get it to more people and do it affordably we absolutely would, you know, and um, that's probably something we'll be talking about after this festival, because, you know, you know, if we could, if we could use some sort of, you know, distribution network like the Royal Mail or something to get it into more people's hands in the postcodes that we think it will be useful, then I'm sure we would do that. But it, but it, but it all comes, it's, it all comes down to being a small charity with limited resources and you know we're dependent on more than ticket revenue to keep the festival going so you know we're always reliant on sponsors and donors and things like that to help to keep the festival going so the amount you can spend is always restricted yeah no I can imagine I mean, you mentioned at the start that you're a journalist as well um, so yeah. I imagine that uh, sending out press releases is uh, part of your strategy as well is that what you- it, it it is it's not something i um uh, i particularly get involved in um it, it but we do we do do that as as i mean i'm a am a former local newspaper journalist and you know it's 10 years since i worked in local newspapers but the, the the honest truth is that it is getting it's getting harder and harder to get you know um any great reaction from Stuff in the print media really you know ads and articles you know I've, I've we've had articles in the print media before and i've looked at the sales figures in the days after and, and it's like well, you wonder whether <laughs> did we actually have that article in the media nothing compares with speaking directly to your audience that digital marketing and that sort of postal database nothing absolutely nothing compares with that it's very difficult to measure anything outside that. yeah and You mentioned working with sponsors and stuff for funding. Do, do you work with? Do you have brand partners that you work with, or business partners, or that help fund or organise the festival with you? I wouldn't say organise, yeah. but um, certainly we we have. I mean, the, the festival has a brand, FT Weekend. So um, uh, the festival's sort of headline sponsor is FT Weekend, and as part part of that, we you know we'll get coverage in FT in the FT and advertising in the FT. Um, we have lots of other partners, many, many of them providing support in kind, like, you know, rooms and and you know um uh, supporting specific things like the green room or something like that. You know, so so yeah we do. I, I'm not particularly involved in in that side of things. Um but you know, if you look look at our festival website, they would has got, you know, we've got loads and loads of partners, many of them doing, you know, helping us in, in small ways, you know, with, with some with some with money, some with in kind, all sorts of things really. Um no, this wouldn't obviously be a ticket Store podcast unless you touched on your box office and your ticketing. Mm-hmm. So how do you is it all online sales or are you using our telephone box office feature, or do you have other uh, in-house uh, physical ticket sales? How, how are you? How I mean, you I mean uh, you, uh, every every ticket we sell is, um, apart from very very tiny few in cash on the door, um, goes through the ticket ticket source box office. Ninety eight percent of it is done online or through the ticket source telephone box office. We do about two percent through um, of we did this year about two percent through our festival um, box office that we had on on site Um, but i mean basically it's pretty much everything everything goes through ticket source yeah and does that make things a lot more does it save a lot of stress having that catered for just online yeah absolutely i mean when i first started when i first got involved with the festival we um, um i wasn't involved with the box office but um, uh, our ticketing was basically all physical ticketing, and um, it was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. We did we moved to a um, uh, a different um, digital provider to yourselves um, probably about eight years ago, something like that, which which went okay, but but it it wasn't the perfect solution for us, so we were looking around for something slightly better and we Found we were well, basically. Um, I, I came down to Penarth to come and see Ticket Source and have a chat with you guys. And um, what really attracted us to you was the fact that you had a telephone box office, absolutely brilliant, but also that you could provide us with a facility to do a festival box office as well through the same system at, at, at no cost, basically. And um, that's what really sold it to us. And And we've been. Very happy ever since with Ticket Source. To be honest, it's worked really well for us. Mm. Oh, glad to hear it. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Um, We've reached the end now, but I've got one last question for you, Derek. Yeah. What would what would be your biggest piece of advice, or what's what's the the biggest lesson you've learned that people should know when trying to organize an event of sort of this stature and scale? (laughs) You've uh, (laughs) stumped (laughs) me there. What's the biggest? (laughs) I mean. have good people around you i think is probably the one thing we've got a really good team of people and i think if if the festival director was asked that question i'm sure she'd say that she'd say have some good people around you who are good at organizing good at promoting stuff that's what you really need well i think that's a cracking answer it's all about people it ultimately. is. It's yeah. always, always, always about people. Yeah. And you need a bit of patience as well. <laughs> yeah, that does help. A little side portion of patience. People. and good humor. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Derek. I um, found that really insightful. I think people are going to get a lot of value from it. So thank you uh, very much for your time today. And uh, we'll okay. hopefully speak to you soon. Okay. Thanks, then. Bye. Derek. All right. Bye.